and welcome back to the Get Unstuck and On Target show. I'm Mike O'Neill with Bench Builders, and we're speaking with thought leaders to uncover tips to help you break down the barriers that are keeping you or your business stuck. Joining me today is my friend, Jason Lucci. Jason is a leadership coach, team builder, who helps leaders and organizations get the best out of their employees by empowering and inspiring them to be their best selves. Welcome, Jason. Thanks, Mike. Yeah, you and I have been friends for a while now, and I've always sort of secretly um, wanted to be on this podcast. And so it's great. Thank you for making a um, sort of a goal or a dream come true. It's great to be here. Well, I'm flattered by the comment. I very much wanted to have you on, and so I'm looking forward to our time together uh, today. I've asked Jason to guide us through his prelude to leadership model. Specifically, I've asked if he would kind of share how being intentional about creating a sense of care, connection, and contribution for your team, how that can help you as a leader get your organization back on target and help unlock the greatness in your employees. So Jason, I heard those three C's and you call this model the prelude to leadership. What does that mean, prelude to leadership? Yeah, that that you know word is very intentional. I chose I chose that for a reason. And if you think about, you know, one of the definitions of prelude is an action or event serving as an introduction to something more important. And that's exactly how I envision this model working and, and sort of how it's been playing out in my professional life and in the work I'm doing now is if you do this stuff at the outset, before you maybe start going down the road of some, some harder work, um, it really creates a bigger space for people to really flourish and succeed and makes all those, all those goals much more achievable and all those dreams much more possible because you do this stuff at the outset and you sort of do it ongoing before you, you prioritize it really before the, the task driven stuff. If when you implement care culture or sorry, care, connection, and contribution into your culture, you're going to really open up, you're going to sort of grease the skid, so to speak, for some much more important and bigger work to come. All right. Thank you for clarifying. If you don't mind, what I'd like to do is go through these kind of one by one, the first one being care. And that is you describe prioritize and demonstrate holistic care for people as human beings, not as functions. Can we unpack that a little bit? When you say prioritize and demonstrate holistic care, what does holistic care mean? Yeah, and, and you know, before you even get into that, I want to I want to stress how much care is the foundation to all of this. Okay, you know, this when I talk about how basic this stuff is, it is it's you know, there's a reason that's another reason why I called it a prelude because it's so basic, um, and it maps to our basic human needs, and that's where that holistic part comes in, which I'll get back to your question in just a second, but. When you think about Maslow's hierarchy of human needs, these things sort of map directly to that, whereas care is about the foundational needs we all have around just sort of safety and, and nourishment. Um, and then when it comes to care, where I'm talking about you know, physical well-being, spiritual well-being, emotional well-being, um, all these things that go into who, what makes us whole as a human being. And so often, you know, leaders only sort of, you know, they, they talk to us about how we're doing work-wise. But we're, you know, we're all people, including leaders, you know, and so a lot of this, it starts with self-care, um, but holistically, I'm talking about everything that makes up the human experience and sort of 
acknowledging that those things are also important. You know, I think the time has finally passed, thankfully, where, you know, you know maybe this has been um, accelerated by COVID, but we're no longer a work person and a home person. We are human beings. And, and the more that we can acknowledge all the things that go into that and the complexities and, the, and the, the beautiful parts of being human and care for all those parts, the better people are going to perform because they know that they're cared for. You know, you differentiate care for people as human beings, not functions. Are you, when you say functions, what do you mean by functions? Yeah, you know, I, you know, I, we probably have all had experiences with, with bosses who only will talk to us about, you know, status updates on work or tasks and, or, you know, what's going on within our roles and responsibilities, but they don't talk to us very often about what's going on in our lives or how do we want to grow? What do we care about, you know, in addition to the context of our work? This isn't to at all to minimize the importance of work talk, um, but it's just to amplify the importance of being a human being. And, and when you tend to those things, you really get the best out of people. And so, when I, when I, you know, whoever I'm trying to lead or coach or whatever, I'm looking at, at that person as just that, as a person and not, oh, this is a, you know, an individual contributor or whatever their title may be. There's just so much more to people than that. And so um, that's what I mean. You know, we have to look at people as people and not whatever role they may fill or whatever title they may have uh, in your organization. Jason, you made reference to the blurry in the lines between work and home, since so many people now are working from home. Continue on this theme of caring. We have an audience of leaders who you're challenging us to demonstrate care. When you're working remotely, what might be some practical suggestions you have that a leader can do to demonstrate that you genuinely do care for the employees that you're working with or working for you? Yeah, well, well, hopefully, you know, by now, you know, all these months into, into the pandemic, you know, hopefully leaders have gotten sort of, you know, it's, it's a sort of natural or um, standard part of the work week or the work day to just check in on, you know, asking your people, how are you doing? How are you feeling? Um, and, and really listen to that and don't accept fine as an answer, you know, just really be curious, ask questions about, you know, what people are struggling with, whether that's in life or in work because you know, we're all seeing each other's lives play out on camera in front of us now. It's no longer, you know, there's, no, there's this barrier is not there in some cases. We can kind of see literally for ourselves what's people, well, what's going on in people's homes and, then, and in their lives. And so being curious, you know, there's an incredible amount of power that comes from being curious about what's going on with people and, and how they're doing and what you could do to sort of maybe move an obstacle out of their way or, you know, ask what they're struggling with or ask what's going on in their lives outside of work. You know, how are they spending, um, you know, this quarantine? You, you, some people may not have seen their team members for months. And so I would hope that in that span of time, you're asking, you know, and you're learning about what's going on in their lives and, and really checking in on, you know, how people want to grow and what their intrinsic motivators are and just carving out, you know, in those one-on-one -on -one conversations that you're hopefully having on a, on a weekly basis, if not more, just carve out time to talk about the person in front of you and not the work that has to be done and just figure out, you know, who they want to be, not just what they want to do. Yeah, great response. And I love that concept of we're living a life on camera. I haven't heard it said that way, but boy, is that not true? You know, you mentioned also in your three C's, the, the importance of connections um, and 
the way you kind of lay it out for me ahead of time, cultivate meaningful connection between people, from people to purpose and from purpose to possibilities. Walk us through connection, please. Yeah. So, you know, as, as, as the way I sort of envision these is sort of stacked on top of each other, much like Maslow's hierarchy. They just sort of, they build up to each other. And so as we go up through care, you have to have that care first before you can start to really form a, a connection with the person. And that connection happens through, you know, the empathy that you've shown, the interest you've shown uh, in that in that person. And so connection is where you really start to feel that special energy. I think Brene Brown talks about, you know, she defines connection, I think, as, as the energy that exists between people when they feel seen, heard, and valued. Mm-hmm. And for me, that's what this whole model is all about, is making people feel seen, heard, and valued. And, and at the end of contribution, sort of at the top of this mountain, we're going to get to that, where we talk about mattering. But that middle step is connection. Whereas I am taking time or making the effort to connect with you on a really, tr- you know, hu- again, a human level, by asking things that have nothing to do with work, finding out what you're interested in, um, and then you know building connections between your teammates, creating you know have the first five or ten minutes of your team meeting, again being not about work whatsoever, but asking generative questions about what people are interested in, you know finding out fun facts about them, and I'm talking about questions that go beyond just your typical icebreakers. Those are fun too. But I like to ask questions that really get to the heart of what makes people tick and what's important to them and what they're interested in and sort of, you know, what their goals are. So I'll, I'll ask questions like that. And it creates a real time sense of connection because you're having this deeper conversation and you're carving out space for topics that you don't normally talk about with workmates. And you know, just organically, you can start to sort of feel those biochemicals flowing because you're, you're connecting with people because you're learning about who they are and what makes them tick. And, and so I think the best leaders, not only are you doing that, you're having these conversations um, one-to-one and, and then with your team and you listen, you know, you listen very closely for things that matter to people because those are bells that you can go back and ring later as a leader. You can, you know, give them a gift when it comes to the, the recognition portion of this, which is tied to contribution. You know, think about the things that you learned about that human being in those conversations. So it's, it's a real time win because you're having these great conversations. But for leaders, it's a really helpful tool to really listen to what matters to people so that you can take those little nuggets of information and use those to build a more influential relationship with people and to better serve them as a leader. You know, you began describing how this is almost something we need to visualize uh, as kind of layers, care, connection, and then you made reference to contribution, uh, that how important it is to individuals. It's an innate need to feel valued. Let me share with our viewers and listeners Uh, You write, create a sense of contribution by empowering people to use their unique strengths and gifts and recognizing them for how and why they make a difference. It's a pretty powerful sentence there. How how do we do that as leaders? Yeah. um, So, yeah, as we we move from connection to to contribution, and again, these do stack on top of each other because you have to feel connected so that you know how people want to contribute. And through the process of care and connection, hopefully you have discovered people's strengths and their dreams and their superpowers and how they wanna make a difference in the world. And then you can create, you you can design work that allows them to use their superpowers. And sometimes it, it can be as simple 
you know, how often do we stop and ask our people, hey, is there a skill or a strength you have, or maybe even an interest you have that you feel like you are not getting to use enough in, in your course of work? Mm. And let them talk about that. And maybe there's something, you know, there's probably an enormous uh, number of ideas or, or innovative possibilities that can come from those conversations and just create the space for people to use their favorite muscles. I mean, it's just a really energizing thing when someone, you know, asks, how would you most like to contribute? I'm not gonna just pigeonhole you into whatever work I need you to do. Maybe we do need to do, do excuse me, maybe we do need you to do that work, but it, how you do it is up to you. And that's a big, really, you know, give people ownership of how they get work done. You can, you, you can lay out the desired outcomes maybe as a leader, but let them design their own solutions. It's incredibly empowering for people when leaders show that trust to let people get the work done in a way that uses their strengths. Maybe there's an opportunity for people to sort of exchange their, their knowledge base. You know, I think I love to create opportunities or encourage leaders to create opportunities for teammates to, to teach others what they're great at for those who want to learn. It's just, it's really, really empowering for people to have a chance to share their expertise. It just really, uh, I think uplifts them, which is what leadership should be all about. And so designing work in a way that lines up with not only people's strengths, but, you know, again, through care and contribution, you've hopefully learned about how your people want to grow. And so give them assignments to help them do that. Don't just give them assignments where they're just sort of having to do, you know, checkbox task work, but give them assignments that feed their goals and their growth, you know, desires. And so when you do that, it's just incredible. You create a, a huge sense of, of commitment and engagement and, you know, intention to stay because people feel like what they are doing matters. One, it matters to the organization, but it also matters to them because they feel like they are getting a chance to use their best skills. Jason, I love, as you describe this, how these things begin to kind of fit uh, together. You know, if you are going to demonstrate that you really care, you're a leader who cares. And one way you demonstrate that is you give people on your team the opportunity to shine, to play to their strengths. What I really loved is your recommendation to ask those same people who have those strengths to be able to come alongside other members of the team. And if that happens, you increase the likelihood that connection uh, is, is built. Am I understanding that correctly? Absolutely. They are, you know, these are, they are, they absolutely, they, they stack on top of each other, these three C's, but they also, they're very sort of, it's almost like a, a positive feedback loop. The more you do one, it kind of just creates this sort of flywheel effect and they do all sort of fit together. Um, you have to have, you can't really have all of them without, we need all of them. They all, they all need each other. Um, and the more you lay those foundations during the care you know, phase and the connection phase, the more you're gonna enable and empower people to contribute. And I wanna point out, you know, a con contribution is great when we feel like we are using our best gifts in, in the line of work, or we're doing work that aligns with our personal purpose or professional goals. But it only goes so far without the other key sort of um, partner to contribution, which is recognition. Mm. That's what really makes a difference is when we are literally seen and valued for how we are contributing and having a leader that points out how what we do makes a difference or sometimes maybe just how who we are makes a difference that's a really really empowering or energizing thing for someone to hear is for it to have a, a leader or even a peer 
you know, and I, I stress the importance of peer-to-peer recognition in this as well. Um, have them, you know, point out in real time, hey, how you did that thing really made a difference, or I really appreciated the way you listened to me in that meeting. Just little things, you know, there's a, there's a, a legendary servant leader, patriarch, Kim Blanchard, who some of your, your listeners may be familiar with, who loves to talk about the concept of catch them doing something right. And so how often, you know, do leaders only sort of give you feedback when you've done something quote wrong or not up to standards or whatever it may be. And yes, there has to be feedback conversations when those things happen. Um, but those conversations are so much easier when you have this foundation of care, connection and contribution because people feel trusted, they feel valued um, and they know that their leader has their best interest at heart. So those messages are a lot easier, easier to receive. But again, when a leader points out, you know, I think there's a, there's a stat like you need to hear like a, a five to one ratio of positive feedback to negative feedback or else that negative feedback is really gonna have a toxic effect as opposed to being a growth opportunity. And so the more times that you or, or your peers can point out how somebody made a difference and it doesn't have to be a monumental achievement or a huge business outcome, just a little thing. In fact, recognizing those little things are really how you get to the big things. Uh, thanks for explaining that. You know, the theme of this podcast is I'm asking our guests to share uh, examples of people getting stuck and what happened to get unstuck. Can I ask that same question of you? Would you be willing to share an example where perhaps maybe a client of yours got stuck? And what is it that you and your client together were able to do to get that client unstuck? Yeah, you know, I've had a really, there's a really nice success story with one of my clients that I um, coached through this earlier this year. And it was really just, you know, we had two, co- two you know, coaching sessions. And with that, she was able to get unstuck with her team. And, and you know, I'll tell you a little bit, you know, about the background of what was going on. And this is a person who, like everybody pretty much these days, he was leading a remote team. Um, and, you know, it, I will throw in the fact here that most of her team are millennials and she is a Gen Xer. And so there's some generational things that you have to account for there as well. And, and she was expressing to me that she was really sort of frustrated because her team was not very engaged. They, you know, they weren't really completing work or they weren't completing it on deadline. And they were feeling, you know, to use your terms, they were genuinely feeling, she was feeling stuck with them. And the more I listened to, um, her talk about what was going on and, and how her team was performing and behaving and started asking some of these questions, it was really clear to me um, that honestly, you know, I didn't say this word explicitly at the time, but the, her team was not feeling cared for mm-hmm. because really I could tell that all of the conversations that they were, they were having were just strictly about deadlines and work and tasks and rules, whatever it may be. There was no human level of conversation um, and then, you know, they weren't feeling connected to each other. They were, you know, geographically dispersed. They were obviously all virtual. And so there wasn't, you know, I asked her to tell me about some of the structure of her, her weekly meetings. And there was no time carved out in those meetings for connection building. It was all, again, work, check-ins, status updates, things like that. And, and then I asked, you know, how was she recognizing? Like, how does she recognize, you know, when people do something well? or how does she bring out the best in her people? And it was just really simple things that you know she was not really taking the time to ask, hey, is there something that you would like to do or something you'd like to spend more time on, some sort of skill you have that you're not getting to use enough? And she wasn't really giving specific 
recognition of people in, in the work that they were doing. Absolutely, she would you know, acknowledge, hey, thanks for getting that done or nice job, but nothing really specific, nothing really real time. And so we sort of worked through, I gave her some, some conversation starters, some sort of intention setting that she could do and, um, and sort of uh, a, a template, you could, if you will, about how she can surface a greater sense of contribution and, and make people feel like their work uniquely matters. She started doing that for, I guess she was probably like four or six weeks later. And she says it's a completely different um, level of engagement from her team. They're all still remote, of course. It's all still the same people, but they're much more engaged. Um, they're, they're much more innovative. They're not just doing work to get it done, but they're actually bringing new ideas. And so uh, I feel like that's a real, a real success story by, by just going back to these hyper basic principles of, of human needs. And you just effectively model the three C's and that is you try to encourage her to demonstrate caring um, by paying attention to the contributions that individuals and collectively the group is making, recognizing what happens and in turn that obviously strengthens the connection. That's a great illustration. Thank you for sharing that. Jason, you've really given us some great information, but if you were to summarize the kinds of things you wanna make sure that we've heard in our time together, what might be those takeaways? Yeah, you know, I think the default in some leaders is, um, well, we don't have time for all this touchy-feely you know, stuff. Hmm. And my argument would be that you don't have time not to, you kind of have to slow down to go fast. And again, it's called prelude for a reason, because when you can do these things at the outset, as much as you can, um, people are going to go faster, they're gonna work harder, they're gonna care more. Imagine how much more employees will care about your customers when they feel cared for at work. Um, so I would just challenge leaders to ask the, you know, one carve out one-on-one -on -one time to talk about things that aren't related to work and ask the extra, extra questions, listen to understand, pay attention to what matters to people and what's going on in their, in their lives and where they wanna go do things to make people feel seen, heard, and valued as a person, not as an employee. Um, make daily or at least weekly intentions to build connection by adding a few minutes to connect on a human level with your team and meetings. Take steps to sort of listen to, to where there might be overlap in interest or passions amongst your employees and maybe use some storytelling to connect them to a shared purpose. Um, that's a really great sort of sealant, if you will, on this connection piece is creating that sense of shared purpose and communicating it on a regular basis and storytelling goes a long way towards that. Um, and then again, with contribution, that catch them doing something right is a, it's such a simple thing, but we don't do it so well because we, you know, people take things for granted, I guess. And um, but giving people autonomy and ownership, letting people use their superpowers, whether that's something that you feel is valuable or not, it's valuable to them. And if they're getting the work done that you expect them, let them get it done in their own way. And then recognize them for how somebody made a difference, whether it's a behavior or a completion of a task or just their way of being. Recognize them very specifically in, in real time as much as you can for how they made a difference. And then when you do that, people are gonna feel like they matter. And I use the word feel also very intentionally, because it's not just knowing that you matter, you have to feel it. Because if you want to get to people's head, um, get the most out of what's in people's heads, or get the most out of what they can do with their hands, my argument is you have to go through their hearts. You have to make them feel this stuff. And when they do, they become super superheroes. And you know that's what every leader should hopefully be doing, is making heroes out of their team. And you do that by caring for them, 
connecting them to something bigger than themselves and helping them understand how what they do matters. Jason, those are great takeaways. If someone wants to reach out to you to perhaps continue this conversation or learn more, what's the best way for them to connect with you online? Yeah, find me on on LinkedIn, you know, Jason Meucci, M-E-U-C-C-I. I'm there. And then, you know, on, on Twitter, I tweet a lot about this stuff at, at J Meucci. And then just new, um, fairly new by the time this comes out is uh, there's a Twitter handle for this model. And I call it, it's at Leader Prelude on Twitter. Fantastic. Jason, thank you. You uh, were a great guest. I knew you would be, but you also explained things in a way by going through those three C's for us. I really appreciate your willingness to give us that prelude to leadership model. Thank you. You're quite welcome. It's exciting to talk about this. It's a difference maker. Well, I can see that excitement uh, in your eyes and in your voice. And I also want to thank our listeners who have joined us for this episode of Get Unstuck and On Target. We've lined up great thought leaders like Jason that I'm sure you'll enjoy getting to know. We upload the latest episode every Thursday, and I hope you'll subscribe via Apple, Spotify, whatever your favorite platform might be. But if you've been listening to my discussion with Jason and you're realizing that something is keeping you or your company stuck, let's talk. Visit unstuck.show to schedule a call. We'll explore what's got you or your company stuck and what you perhaps can do to overcome it. So I'd like to thank you for joining us. And I hope you've picked up some tips that'll help you get unstuck and on target. Until next time.